Welcome to the Money, Sex, Business and Awakening podcast. I'm Alex Harvey and I'm a money and personal empowerment coach. My podcast is here to support you to create your financial prosperity, do your purpose work in the world and self-actualize. I am here to share with you what I've learned over the past 10 years that I think every woman should know about accessing your deep power through your sexual life force energy and relationship to money because it's truly mind-blowing and only taboo to keep you small. I blend together the latest in neuroscience and practical strategies as well as teachings and principles from ancient traditions such as Tantra, Taoism and alchemy. Thank you so much for joining me and I can't wait to see you in the show. Hello, gorgeous, and welcome to this episode. This is going to be a nice, raw (laughs) episode where I'm going to share with you just, you know, the deeply personal things and transformation that I have been through in the last few months on this trip that I've just been on. So if you don't already know, I have just got back to Bali after four months away. I was living in Bali and then I you know, had wanted to go on this trip to go to Europe for the European summer, which I, I went for a couple of months. And then I went down to Africa for safari with my mentor, William Whitecloud. Um, so it was like a personal development retreat in the form of a safari. And then I stayed a couple of weeks down in Cape Town since I was already in Africa, South Africa, Um, And then I decided to come to Australia for a month to uh, spend time with my family, in particular my little niece and nephew, before coming back to Bali. So I've just been on this big trip and it's been big. (laughs) It's been big. A lot of, a lot came up for me on this trip. There was a lot that I had to work through. There was a lot of magic. There was, there was things that unfolded that I just couldn't have imagined would unfold. Uh, if you if you watch my trip, you would have seen me get into the the acro that I've been doing, which I I didn't even anticipate. I didn't even know that was available. You know, there was there was a lot of magical things that came out, and then there was also some things that were really deeply challenging and that I've, I feel changed for having gone through. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I got back here to Bali, um, about a week ago and I was catching up with a friend last week and my friend, (laughs) my friend's, my friend's going through kind of a tough time at the moment. My friend asked me, so what was your low light of the trip? (laughs) That was my first question about the trip. Um, and I was like, well, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to get into it right now because I'll I'll just start sharing the major things after this. But it, uh, you know, it just made it it had me reflect on like, yeah, wow, there were a couple of really challenging things that happened while I was away, uh, and and just things that came up for me. But whoa, I moved through them. You know, it's like these things come up and and what comes up for us is really what's in the way of us breaking out of our current structure and moving into the next level in our lives of what we're creating. And I moved through them, you know, it's actually pretty amazing coming back to Bali, having just moved through a bunch of this stuff. 
Um, it's really incredible. And I want to share what some of those major thing or what the major things were for me. I mean, there's so much I could share. I could literally record a six hour podcast <laughs> on everything that I learned and learned about myself on this trip. Um, but I'll, I'm going to keep this to the main things um, that I learned. And this is in part response to the safari episode that I did a, a couple of episodes back. I had said that, you know, if you guys wanted, I would share some of my personal realizations, not, not just the lessons, but just about me personally, like my ego, my greatness. Um in another episode if you if you wanted and I've actually had a number of requests and this really feels like the organic way for that to come through so it's not just from safari it's really the big things that came up on my trip um that I moved through uh like my stuff and and I'm going to share then also just then like a collection of of some of the things that I, I realized um, about myself on safari. So it's, it's going to be very personal um, to me. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, it's a personal sharing episode basically. So welcome, welcome to my inner world. <laughs> um, but I know you guys get a lot out of it when I do share these inner world things. So that's what we're going to do. Um, so I'm going to kick off one of the really big things I moved through on this trip that came up for me, um, pretty early on and then sort of, you know, like, I guess I would, I would work through, I would dissipate and it would come up again and then I'd sort of go, go down again and come up again. And then I just had a big crack through it last month, actually. Um, and that was this existential fear of like my security and viability uh, in life, in this world. And, um, you know, and I've worked through this before and I, and I feel like just another another layer of it, another level of it was really coming up for me while I was away. Um, and God, it feels amazing to go through it, like to have moved through it. And I guess that's really the thing with this, uh, you know, with our ego is like, we're always, we're noticing we've, we've got agitation, we're a bit triggered, we've got contraction, we've got fear. And then it's like, okay, how do I actually move through this? How do I unhook from this? How do I dissolve it? How do I disengage it so that I can move back through to my higher self and to love and authentically do so? Because that's not something you can fake, you know, like if you've ever tried to push down your fear uh, and just, you know, be in love, you realize it doesn't really work because you, you just basically start living in a low or maybe middle level of anxiety, right? And that's what, that's, that's how I used to live. I lived like that for quite a number of years, just this low level anxiety. And, and I felt like anxiety and fear come up while I was traveling. And it was really the perfect time for it to come up as well, or perfect conditions um, because 
when you're in new environments and you're doing new things, that's disorientating to your ego. So your ego is actually going to get more triggered and more activated because your ego is trying to orientate itself. It's going, what's going on here? What are all the threats? You know, how does this fit with my image about myself and the world? Here's, here's everything that's, you know, that's a threat that's incomplete about you. That's, um, you know, not going to work out and it's, and it starts feeding that to you on a platter. So that's something to always be aware of when you are, uh, doing disorientating things, even if that's like really following your heart and your higher vision and getting out there and, and doing what you love, that's disorientating to your ego. So just, you know, always be aware your ego is going to start coming up and speaking to you all of your fears and doubts and trying to get you to go back to safety, go back to your comfort zone. It's going to start telling you your story about life, your story about yourself, the story about the world. Um, and you've got to be aware because it's, it's throwing up a smoke screen to try to get you to go back to safety. And me going on this trip was a pretty huge thing, you know, to go, to be going to these places where I didn't know anyone, you know, I don't have any family over there. I, um, I wasn't, I wasn't going to, to anywhere where I knew people. Um, and I, you know, I live in this structure where I run my own business. And so like, that's, I like, you know, that's, I don't, um, I don't have all my, my financial income and all that kind of thing is taken care of by someone else, you know, and I just take this time off and whatever it's, uh, it's, it's another level of just being able to hold financial tension or tension basically when you, uh, fully support yourself. And, you know, and it's a, and it was like a big thing for me to then go out on this trip and how much I was spending on the trip and just all these levels of, vulnerability or, you know, not being in, not being in like just security. And I had gotten pretty comfortable in my life in Bali. It was very comfortable. I, I was sort of reflecting like, oh yeah, I just haven't really been triggered by much for a while. Cause you know, things are just going well. I think my life is comfortable. Like I just, yeah, I haven't really been in my shit. Um, and you know, so then when you expand out into something new, that's when all your shit's going to come up, all your shit that is like the very thing that, you know, is sort of keeps you, keeps the lid on, on where it is you are. Um, and it's when you can move through that, that you can expand, you know, into the next level of things that you're creating in your life. So anyways, uh, financial security stuff was coming up for me. And I also just had these two things happen within a few weeks, I guess, of leaving that, you know, that were very, could be very destabilizing uh, financially. And uh, yeah, so which just added to the tension of that arising. I actually have no doubt that probably would have arisen anyway, (laughs) but these circumstances helped, helped it arise. And as I said, it was, you know, sort of, there and then I worked through it and then it was there and anyway when I was just in Australia I had you know I just had a major breakthrough with it it was it was probably like peaking I don't know I had a lot of fear come up for me when I was in Spain uh 
I'm just trying to remember if that was all kind of financial related, but it was very security, my future, what am I going to do? But you know, the thing with the, with security fear, um, about the future, what am I going to do? My viability, um, is that there's nothing that can secure it, you know, because, because there is actually no way to secure your future. Like really, um, there's no way to actually have hundred percent security. You could always lose the money. There's always further ahead to look and that's going to go, what do I do once I get into there? There's always like, what if this happens? You know? So, so there is actually no way to resolve that fear, you know, by the way the fear wants to be resolved, which is to have total security. And so when this fear was first starting to come up for me, it was like, it was actually very far ahead that I would even really need to start worrying about it. But of course my ego is like, well, what are we going to do here? And what about here? And what about here? Then anyway, in Australia, um, it was really coming to a head and, you know, it was also, um, circumstances were just helping that, right. To not like go into a big full blown story. Um, and so I just like, I had, I'd started just really meeting the fear as when it was coming up and just really meeting like, okay, what, what is this here? What's going on? What am I really afraid of? And I just got to like, okay, what am I really afraid of happening? Like, what am I really afraid of? And I was like, okay, can I make peace with that? Can I be okay with that? You know, and this can be a tricky step for people. And if you want to go deeper into this, go and listen to my podcast episode on the power of vulnerability. This, you know, it'll change your life if you start employing this. And, you know, I, th- I think like I was still resistant of it for, as, as I was trying to do this and, you know, like resistant to that happening. I still kind of had this smoke screen of fear around that playing out and then I just like I just went for it I just went into it I was like okay so that happens then that happens then what would I do and I was like okay so you know I'm getting to getting to the end of like what's what do I really think like is the worst thing that could happen here and I was like okay so I've like taken a job doing something else or whatever because everything's fallen apart and you know my business is just you know falling apart for whatever reason and I was like and when I got to there I was like okay so you know what I would still keep doing what I'm doing like say somehow my business income got to zero and I had to start you know, drawing an income from somewhere else, doing something else, I would still keep doing what I'm doing. I like, I am so passionate about what I do and I love it so much. And my heart is so in it. I would like, I would keep doing it. And then what I got to as well is like, if I just kept doing it without a condition of what it needed to give back to me or the level of financial support I needed to get back from it and I just kept doing it I was I was like it would inevitably like the momentum would inevitably build you know again like if I if I really got to that point and then I just kept like putting my heart into it but without needing it to give something back to me like it would inevitably happen anyway 
And like, and to whatever degree, you know, I got to the point of like, to whatever degree I would just be in the appreciation of that, right? So let's say forever for the rest of my life, I, I worked a part-time job doing something else and, and, and I did this in the other part of my time and like what, what a gift, you know? And what, what happens through that is that you release the egoic attachment that has gotten all like clamped up around the thing. So in this case, like, you know, my image and my like, you know, what, what my ego kind of wants things to work out in a certain way for just fully surrendering that and part like the passing back through to love of like what it's really about for me is doing this work and being able to have the ego death like this going through a process like this is having an ego death like having the ego death of what the ego was really attached to and passing back through into your heart or into my heart in this case of what I'm really about and what I really love and if I can have a just have an ego death around it and just go you know what this is this is my heart anyway and like so what if I don't get all the conditions I really want like I'll keep doing it I keep doing it anyway, you know? And and so I I passed through that fear. I, I cracked through it, you know, and that opens up the space for me to to kind of be in my my next level of my greatness and to be fully in the end results of what it is that I'm creating and you know so for for the earlier parts of my trip this this fear was coming up and I was I was like working through it but I really wasn't getting to the bottom of it because it would come up again and sort of like come up again and once I really nailed it you know like I I intended to nail it I was like I'm gonna fucking nail this you know like I intend to really get this sucker you know because it is it's absolutely draining my energy and my focus I cannot stay focused on what I want because this like when your ego has really got something like you, you know, and it, and it's not addressed. You cannot focus on anything else because your ego is seeing that as a threat to your life. Right. So that was what was happening here for me with this. And then it's like, I can't be in my genius and realizing ideas and inspiration and, you know, creating magic when all like or a good portion of my energy has been siphoned towards like this fear and being preoccupied by it feeling anxious about it trying to figure out what I'm going to do and just like this bullshit and so you know one of the big things for me was cutting through that and actually since I've done that which was a little while ago now it hasn't it hasn't come up again like that don't get me wrong I fully expect that to come up again. Like, you know, probably when I'm sort of coming to another level of expansion, it'll be activated again. Um, but, but right now I actually got through it. Like I got through it, I cut through it and, and I'm not in that preoccupation at all. Like I, I, I just actually see how things are all working out very well financially. 
Um, and it's funny actually to see how things have, I mean, this is, would be a whole nother podcast episode, but like just absolutely done a 180 financially, uh, for me since that moment as well of just how much like just momentum and pickup there's been once I cracked through the fear and I fully actually let it go so that I could really be in my heart, my creativity and my genius. So that was one big one. Um, the next one, I guess it wasn't a big challenge that I encountered, but just an awareness that I sort of got another level of awareness around was about being an energy giver. And in our ego, we're energy suckers. So in our ego, we all of our egoic strategies, all of our egoic preoccupations are all about getting energy. We're, we're just trying to get energy um, and the energy that we thought we didn't get in childhood. That is that's central to our ego, what it's all about. And when we are being a creator, we're in our power, we are in our higher selves, uh, our soul, our creative orientation, we are being energy givers. To be a creator, you have to be an energy giver. Just think about think about people you know. There's probably like, I've got a few people like this, so I'm imagining everyone does. Like a couple of people you've met in your life that you, like they are just such energy givers this that but not in a not in a like people pleaser way where you're giving energy to try to get energy back but just genuinely you know they are so uplifting to all the people around them they you know they would always go up to new people and be really friendly but again not in the not in that like desperate people please away but in this really authentic energy giveaway and they're just like they're just like a light and they just shine and they just beam off this energy and it's like it just the you can tell that like they're not trying to get anything back and that people are so drawn to them and they're they're really inspiring right they're energy givers um and what we we do by default is we actually energy suck like it's it's a it's a bit of a um uncomfortable truth to realize when you really do realize how you suck energy even if that's being the reserved person that's how you're trying to get energy um and it was actually through the acro community that I sort of had my next level realization in this the acro community in Porto Portugal they were just so fucking lovely and and such energy givers and so awesome I went to these acro jams where well this first acro jam I went to but it's what the acro jams were like where I went there I didn't know anyone at all I got there I was one of the the first people there and then all the people were that were arriving said hello to everyone like everyone was a good friend and like really lovely so like everyone they didn't there was not like a few people they excluded they didn't just say hello to the people they knew they said hello to everyone including me um and and so warmly welcomely like i was just you know they were just as excited to see me as anyone else there i was like I've never had an experience like this in my life you know and everyone said goodbye to everyone and it was just it just really took me back. I was like, whoa, 
okay, this is like, you know, and I, it made me realize how much I, you know, and I have realized this before, but like I wait for other people to initiate those things. And why should I, you know, like why, why should I, that is being an energy sucker. Like you're waiting for someone else to, to do it. You're waiting for someone else to set the tone. That's not what you're thinking inside your head. You're just there like feeling unworthy and shy or whatever, like you don't belong or whatever. But, uh, but really like, you know, it's you in your egoic structure kind of being an energy sucker. And, you know, it gave me this realization into being really being an energy giver, like really being someone like that, like really being the one where you bring the energy to the situation. You don't wait for someone else to bring the energy. You bring the energy you know, and I, so I took that on and I took that with me when I went to Spain, I would usually like feel so uncomfortable going somewhere where I don't know anyone and like even more so in Spain, cause like, I don't speak the language or well, I could speak a tiny bit of Spanish, but like not really. So like, I don't speak the language. Um, I'm, I also am like, that is the language. So I'm sort of this, I don't know, person that's there not being able to speak it and whatever like all these things and I was just like no I'm gonna fucking go up and say hello to everyone here like I'm gonna be the one I'm gonna be an energy giver I'm gonna bring energy to the situation I'm not gonna wait for someone else to energize the situation you know which I would often do because I wouldn't actually feel comfortable to step forward but when I when I really saw it like that it was a it was a breakthrough for me and so I did that and you know and there's been times where I I haven't done it since but I but I've then caught myself and been like no you like I be the one to bring energy to the situation it doesn't matter how people respond doesn't matter if people like me or not but I can bring my energy, I can bring the energy, I can energize the situation, I can like bring this thing together. Um, And, you know, actually, uh, just coming back to Bali, I had this experience of going to an acro jam here, it's such a different vibe, like, I mean, even the ones in Spain were a very different vibe to in Portugal, Um, you know, that the level of inclusive inclusivity in Portugal was just off the charts and energy and just energy giving and just really genuine awesomeness um but here it's different to that and I also have some preconceived ideas about it because I've been here and also from things I've heard from other people but anyway I was just like nah nah no you know like I be the energy giver. Don't wait for other people. Don't be reading the room to see if people are being, you know, standoffish or whatever. Fuck that. Like, don't make assumptions and then perceptions and projections and all this bullshit. And where you've all just made up the whole fucking thing in your head, just go, go and go directly for what you want. Like for me, go directly for what I want. Like, and just, and just, be an energy giver, just engage people, just be the one. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's what I did. Uh, I I feel like I was, I, at one point I was like slipping into my old default way. And then I caught myself in it. I was like, no, fuck that. 
like I don't give a fuck what anyone here thinks of me I'm gonna be an energy giver and like you know I'm being my end result and that's it so that was a that was another learning for me you know uh just seeing it on in a, on a level and in a way that I really hadn't before uh, another, another big one that came up for me that I had a big breakthrough with also while I was in Australia, so on the tail end of my trip, um, was this not enough judging pattern. And I actually have just done a podcast episode on this. So you'll see this a couple of episodes back. Are you, I think it's called like, I should probably change the title cause I don't think it's very clear. Uh, but it's like, are you seeing your wins as failures? And I actually, I want to wait before I do a full kind of share on this because there's some things that are still rounding out at the moment that is going to actually turn this recent experience I've had into a very, very good story to learn from. Like really good, but I'm, but I've just got to wait for some more things to just keep playing out before I can really deliver that. But I, you know, I was feeling sort of this stress and anxiety um, about uh, something that I was, I was doing and I realized like I was just stuck in this perception that what was happening was not enough. And this actually related to the financial security thing as well, um, even though the thing itself didn't have that much to do with money but in my mind to my ego it was then going to play out like what would happen uh it was going to affect or determine let's say what would happen financially down the track um and you know I was just really in like this is not enough like I'm I'm not going to be you know and unconsciously going this I'm not going to be okay because this isn't enough and I caught myself and I was like, like, says who? Says who that this is not enough? Like, I have just made up a judgment that this is not hitting the level that, you know, this arbitrary level that I've made up in my mind is the level that's going to equal everything in the future is going to work out. And because not hitting that level, I've made up in my mind things in the future aren't going to work out you know, and that is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, you know, like, I don't know that. And actually I'm just in a pattern right now. So I think I went actually into this in quite detail in the other podcast. So I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but I realized like I am in a pattern and what I realized was, you know, so then I thought to myself, okay, I am going to, you know, so how about I just be, how about I just see this as enough, you know, and I, and I appreciate it. And I just like literally quit seeing it as not enough because that's, you know, that's a projection onto this. It's got no inherent truth to it. And I, I really felt this part of me that was not okay with that. Like, it was like, no, no, we can't, we can't do that. Like, you know, because, you know, and then what I discovered as I, dug deeper into it. It's like, because if I see this as enough, then I'm not going to pay attention to the threat of what could play out after this. Like what I realized was it was like, 
to my ego, it was like, well, if I'm, if I'm happy with this, if I feel okay about this, then I'm not going to try to work out how to solve this potential future problem. And I absolutely must, you know, like it's not okay. I'm not okay. I'm not going to be okay kind of thing. And I just saw through that. And it's like, you know, with these things, I, you can probably appreciate it listening to this episode. And in particular, if you've listened to a lot of my podcast episodes, how it's like, you can't unhook from that until you see it. Like I, you know, if I just left it at like, okay, well, I'm just going to do a gratitude list and like write all my gratitudes about this thing, you know, um, it wouldn't have unhooked because my ego would have still been going, yeah, but it's not okay. Look over here. Look over here. Like we're going to be fucked. And so you've really got to see the thing underneath in order to be able to see through it. Because if you haven't done that, you just got to stay stuck on it. You, like your ego is not going to be able to let go. Um, and so that's what I did. I really saw how I was believing that if I saw this current thing, if I, if I just stopped being dissatisfied with it and I was just like, okay, great, you know, awesome. And I, and I just appreciated it. Then I, I, to my ego, then I wasn't going to be aware of the potential future danger. And so once I saw that, I could go, okay, cool. Well, I see that. And actually that's not like, it's not true that this is going to determine that. And like, that's all just an illusion and a projection and a preoccupation, um, with the future. Um, and you know, like I'm actually, and, you know, once I saw that, I could just actually move through into appreciation. And it then just, it just sparked all these roll-on realizations for me about being receptive and how I, I, you know, like haven't been very receptive in these certain ways, receptive to, to life, receptive to my intuition, because I've been bracing myself against life. And this was something, it was sort of like this trip was just like a collision of all my, all the insights that have come out of my coaching sessions with William and even things that I've received from other people that have done readings on me. And it was just like this collision of like seeing it all, like, and just seeing how it all plays out in my life and what the preoccupations are. Uh, yeah, and I just saw like my my lack of receptivity uh, towards life, towards myself, towards receiving what I already have in life, because my ego is obviously believes that if I if I receive what I have in life, then I'm not going to, um, you know, like I'm not going to create more. I'm not going to be aware of the potential threat that I might not have that tomorrow or in five months or in six months or in 12 months, you know? So my ego's like, no, don't, don't be happy with it. Like we're going to worry about the future. Um, and so just really seeing that and receiving from other people, like that was a thing that came out for, from of Safari for me. It was like, just fuck these ways in which I'm not receptive. Uh, and this was so this, this experience was just seeing that clearly in this situation, like not being receptive and, you know, 
And in that this non-receptiveness that I, I realized on Safari, I was like realizing how I wasn't re- fully receiving my gifts. You know, it had come out of, I think, a coaching session I had, like that I wasn't fully receiving myself. And it's sort of a hard thing to wrap your head around, but I really got it in that moment of like, I'm not receiving myself. I'm not receiving my, like fully, my my greatness. I'm not receiving what is actually here in front of me, what I have. So how can I receive more of it when I'm standing there going, no, this isn't enough. I don't have enough. Like I'm, I literally stop being receptive in that moment if I'm doing that. Um, and like the, the importance of receiving what I have right now in order to be receptive to receiving more of the things that I'm wanting to create. But if I'm going, no, that's not enough, I'm not being receptive. So that that not enough, that fucking not enough, like egoic structure that comes up for me, you know, was highlighted, it came up for me really strongly and um, was another thing that I just, I went through it um, and I came through it. And again, it hasn't come up since, like it will, it will, don't worry. Um, but, you know, but, but just like the, when you authentically actually move through something. Um, and another thing that I realized that's sort of just been landing just even now, but, you know, has been kind of, the landing of it has been unrolling for a couple of months, um, so which was, you know, on my trip, maybe like halfway through my trip to, to now, um, is like, you know, what I really noticed is how when I am, when I'm having fatigue, so I used to experience consistent, like very debilitating fatigue. And I've actually got a whole podcast episode on fatigue that if you experience Uh, a lot of fatigue I would really recommend listening to but what I realized with my fatigue and also to a degree with the the bloating that I sometimes get my fatigue is like so much better now but it can still sometimes I can feel fatigued and I'm like oh I'm, I'm feeling that fatigued feeling again which has nothing to do with how much sleep I'm getting it's just like this heaviness um and what I realized with my fatigue is that when I when I feel that fatigued feeling, um, there's something I'm not feeling. There's something I'm not feeling that really like just became very clear to me. There's something I'm not feeling. So what I've, what I've known for a long time is like, there's somewhere my energy's going, that's getting diverted, like an unconscious energy suck. But what I've also realized is like there's something I'm not feeling um, and it, you know, must interlink with that. But I did, you know, some um, like sexual alchemy, uh, which is sort of like an embodiment practice with pleasure um, processes and, and just getting to the feeling and just fucking feeling it and cutting through to this underlying feeling and cutting through to the, the fear or cutting through to the sadness um, and how much energy that would um, re- like uh, release, make available each time I did that. And I even, you know, just I got back to Bali last week or a week ago, just over a week ago now. 
And I was feeling a bit heavy on the first, maybe not the first day I got here, but then the next couple of days I was feeling this heaviness and I was like, this is not my sleep. I'm feeling heavy. I'm feeling tired. Like something must be up for me. So I've now really learned if I'm feeling that heavy, tired feeling, something's up for me. That's, you know, that's the bottom line. Something is fucking up for me. Okay. And so I was like, I just have no idea what it is because everything is going really well. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't really feel like there's been a triggering situation. Like what, what could this be? And I just set the intention. I'm going to like, I want to, I'm going to find what's up for me. And I even started journaling on it this one morning. Um, and I had so unexpected, I just got to all this sadness I felt about leaving my family because I'd just been with, with my family for a month and I just tapped into this sadness that I didn't even know was there and I've typically not actually felt sadness leaving my family before. Usually I'm like really ready to get away. <laughs> um, but just all this sadness and I had a really big cry and as soon as I did that, I didn't have that tired and heaviness. Um, And I was like, whoa, that just shows me like there's something, there's something up for me. There's something going on. And it can be as simple as there's something I'm not feeling. What am I not feeling? You know, and I was completely unaware that I was feeling sad for having left my family, but there it was there it was. So, you know, that's part of my egoic structure that won't relate to everyone, but, um, yeah, I just, I mean, other insights that came out of safari that I just wouldn't have thought, I just wouldn't have thought was true about myself, but I see the ways in which actually it is true and plays out. There's a, there's a few of those things on safari. And one of them was that I, um, I shut off my emotions and I, you know, the person even said like I pour concrete on my emotions and, you know, I don't want to let my emotions out. And I was like, you know, like really, because I can be very emotional before I really had the, these tools and this work. I used to be, oh, I used to just be like an emotional wreck. Um, not in a good way, but you know, like I was so emotional and, and I, I, I am emotional. I I do have a lot of emotion, but it, but I have recognized now that actually there is like ways in which, and situations in which I'd shut off my emotion without even realizing it. I also realized that in Cape Town, because I can, I had the, can, I was having like the heaviness, the tiredness, this, this feeling of agitation and not really knowing what it was. And then going into one of these, um, like pleasure alchemy sessions with myself, I, I realized all this sadness I was feeling about the homeless people that I was seeing on the street, like driving past, cause I was driving past quite a lot of homeless people. And I find that so, such a harsh, jarring thing about being in like a big city. And, and I just cried and cried and cried. And I was like, oh, wow. Like I just wasn't feeling this because I'm so accustomed to not let myself just feel in that situation. And so like, there's all these situations where I've just learned to not feel like, you know, because it's just, 
It's just part of life. It's just part of what you see. It's just part of what you do. Or maybe there's some things where there's deeper meanings to why you shut it off, like maybe leaving my family or something. But just feeling that and actually the energy that it liberates inside me when I just feel it, because otherwise the energy's not moving, like I'm, I'm suppressing it. Uh, and, I'm, and then I get heavy, like heavy and tired and stuck. So that was... Um, that was another one. And, you know, if, and if I'm not feeling like I'm, I've cut myself off from my heart, you know, and, and when I feel it, feel whatever that thing is, whether it's my own fear arising, whether it's just a response to something I'm seeing in the world, like when I let myself feel it, I let myself back into my heart and being in my heart is the key to being in my heart. Like, you know, uh, and so and so I need to feel, I need to feel all those things. And, it, and a marker point for me that there's something I'm not feeling is that I'm getting tired and heavy. I'm feeling fatigued. Uh, so yeah, that was something I got more clarity around. There was another big thing. It, I had, like, I, I almost hesitate to put this in because I'm like, is this relevant to share? But it was, it was actually like a significant shift I went through on the trip. Like, through some really uncomfortable situation coming to head um, that didn't strictly have anything to do with me but did uh, someone that I, I care deeply about and I have uh, a very, very significant connection to and um, I guess degree attachment with um, – uh, so I'm just thinking like how to share this without making this an hour long share. Um, but, but so essentially this person was um, going through a really tough time. They've been going through a tough time for a long time and they were going, they, things just escalated. <laughs> like things just fucking escalated. And it was right before I went on safari and it was, you know, like – I was having my own fear come up, especially right before I left for safari, like just this anxiety and, you know, because my just deep fear was surfacing. And then this stuff with this person, I was doing pretty well because I've come a long way because of how long I've also had to deal with this person not being in a good place and just not taking it on. Like, uh, you know, there's been layers already working up to like not taking it on, but this was like, this was just the biggest test. Uh, this person just got in such what, you, you know, what people would, what, what we might all typically judge or see as like such a bad situation. Um, like the kind of thing that actually terrifies me, like it, that, that sort of thing terrifies me. And um, you know, and it really, their life was at stake and this was going into safari and, um, and then on safari, you know, and I was sort of just trying to like hold myself and not kind of go into it. And then on safari, they were, you know, they were reaching out to me and my, my friend who I was on safari with, I, I eventually, I just told, I told her what was going on and she was like, you know, I think it's no coincidence all of this is coming up right now, like, you know, and from your past when the theme of this is the past is over. And, 
you know, like you can, you can go back into that or you can not. And I was like, Oh God, you know, like it's, it's a thing that is almost like a little bit incomprehensible to the way a lot of people operate to not get sucked into that. Um, and I, you know, I just sat with it. I then, um, I spoke to someone else. I happened to speak to someone else about it. That was also on safari. And I just reached this point with it, you know, because it's like, it's a kind of thing from my goic lens. I feel sick thinking about it. And, um, and I'm just like, what do you even do with that? And I just got to this point with it. Cause I was like, what is, what is, what is not, what is not getting involved in it look like? What is the, what is true? What's, you know, what's like playing out shit. What's just having true, like compassion and being a good human and like all this stuff. And what I got to with it was that the way that I felt about the situation was my projection of the way that I view that situation. So it's actually not like the way I felt about it and what I thought about it actually had nothing to do with the truth of it. It was my uncomfortability with it. And it, it wasn't even like, it wasn't the other person's uncomfortability with it. You know, it just actually all it was and always the way we're responding to everything and you know, that we feel uncomfortable about is our uncomfortability with it. If you see uh, like a homeless person, you're uncomfortable about it, you're projecting your uncomfortability about that onto them. You know, and that's a really annoying thing. I don't know if you guys ever ex- have experienced this. I mean, I'm sure you have, where like, you know, you're telling someone something that you're going through or that's happened and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And they're like, oh, feeling sorry for you. And you're like, don't feel sorry for me, I'm fine you know, but they like, they almost feel like they're doing you a favor or they're doing a good thing by feeling sorry for you. But really it's just fucking you off because you're like, I'm fine. Like, but they're projecting their discomfort with whatever it is you're telling them onto you and the situation, you know, and it's not nice. It's not actually empowering. doesn't feel good. It's like, it's just not nice for anyone. And, and it's not a powerful thing to do. And I realized like, I am projecting my own discomfort, my own beliefs about this onto the situation. And what if I just stopped doing that? What if I actually just stopped seeing it as good or bad or just anything? And I just stopped that, just stopped projecting onto it. And I'm just with it exactly as it is. Um, and so that's what I did. And, and what came out of that was I made a decision that I'm not going to feel bad for anyone anymore. Because feeling bad for people is just projecting, like I can have uh, empathy and compassion, but I'm not going to feel bad for anyone. Feeling bad for people is projecting your own discomfort with the thing onto them. And, you know, and it's also like not seeing them as a powerful person. So I was like, I'm just not going to feel bad. Like, fuck. Oh, so good. Because then I've had this other person that I'm very close to going through quite an uncomfortable thing. And I was like, I'm just not going to feel bad about that anymore. I was like, whoa, what a weight lifted off my shoulders. I'm not going to feel bad about it. 
they're in that situation that's for them to deal with like you know it sucks but it's well I mean it only sucks because I think it sucks but how do I fucking know I don't know what's going to come out of this maybe like the best thing is going to come out of this for that person I'm just like it's just a full projection and then even my sister's dog when I was at home I feel like my sister's dog is very um uh ignored like put like like I usually feel bad I feel fucking bad for Molly like you know for like no one's paying her any attention everyone's just forgotten about her and um and I was like you know what fuck that I'm not gonna feel bad <laughs> anymore for Molly like oh my god and like just the energy liberation of that like why the fuck am I feeling bad about it? It's like got nothing to do with me and and it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make anything better. And it's just like projecting what I think her experience is onto her and my discomfort with that. You know, it's ridiculous. So that was a big breakthrough I had. I'm just not going to fucking feel bad for people. And it's actually just yeah liberated a lot of energy and and feeling bad for people honestly is just a track into your ego because it's it's just a track into your beliefs and perceptions about that thing and if you go into your egoic structure you're not going to be creating what you love you're not going to be in your highest you're just going to be recreating your beliefs and and recreating a reality that aligns with your beliefs so um yeah, that was, that was, you know, that was sort of, that was a big thing that kind of had nothing to do with my traveling at all, but, but occurred while I was traveling. Um, and, and, you know, and I, and when I, as I come back here, I'm like, yeah, that was like, that was a big shift that I had, you know, big growth that, I, that I'm not fucking feeling bad for people anymore. Um, and then there's one more, one final main thing that I, that I want to share that I had a big insight around that's sort of like just been coming together. I feel like my trip was like all these things like brewing and sort of like popping their heads up and like sometimes really intense and sometimes less intense and, and then just like, and I don't know, like an explosion, maybe not an explosion of just fucking blasting through that shit. You know, I actually just had a session with my coach, uh, this morning before this, and there was actually something just unrelated to anything we've, we've talked about so far in this episode or that I'm going to talk about in this episode that just like, just came up for me and, and it has come up for me quite a bit in the past few years and um and I have worked on it with my coach before and it just like sort of almost not quite but like sort of almost out of nowhere just fucking came up yesterday and today and like my brain has just been you know when you like you're just doing other things and it just starts invading yeah like this thing is just invading your thoughts and you're like fuck's sake um, and I just had this uh, so session with my coach and we ended up really like going into it and we're like what's at the bottom of this dynamic and um, and my coach said to me uh, you know and he said this to me before but like when like the work is working on you when it's pushing things to the surface 
So like that's when you you are doing a really good job at like setting up your structural tension. The work is working itself on you because you've got to push up the the underlying egoic structures and dynamics that create the things you don't want in your life, you know, that keep you creating your shit, that keep you away from your greatness. Um, and, you know, and so I feel like that was, so I'm sharing that because on the trip, it's like that was happening. Like, you know, I had, I just had this very comfortable, uh, however many months in Bali, like just very, I've just never had such a long stretch of just nothing really, you know, like being that triggering or going wrong. Actually, funnily, the only thing that was triggering during that time was the thing we worked on this morning, which is not, uh, not work related. And, um, I, yeah. So at the, at the trip, like these things were like kind of getting pushed up, pushed, pushed to the surface. And then I just feel like in the last part of my trip, it was, you know, then I had safari and then I was launching a course and then it was like, all right, time to just obliterate this time to just really level this shit. Um, and, and actually move through it um, to, to the other side, to free me, to be in my true nature, to free me, to be in my, uh, highest creative self, my, my creative spirit, um, and to, to live that out. And I feel like through this, I really feel like I'm, I'm, I'm living the, the magic and the alchemy, the principles, like some things have just dropped into a degree that they, they never have before. Like this work really is ever deepening, you know, it's ever deepening in, in like, it's like the rabbit hole. Like you just, you just see things more and more, you get it more and more, like things land in a way they never had more and more. Like it's so, so rich uh, on this path to mastering it. And, and being in mastery is still being in that, letting, letting things drop more thing, like let it, like certain principles landing in a deeper way as you, you know, as you get it, as you really get it, I really feel like I've just come into a very next level of like really getting it. Um, and where was I going with that? Oh yeah. It's, it's come through all this, all this stuff coming to a head and then just being with it and being with the process and, you know, leaning in and leaning in to like learning and leaning in and, um, yeah, I, I just, just going through, going through, um, and being with it. So the final, uh, the final like piece that I was saying was coming to head. Uh, well, actually I don't know if it came to a head, but it just, <laughs> I just got it. And I've just, uh, been just, I guess in my way of practicing it, um, has been unfolding for me is around controlling, controlling. Okay. So I actually never realized <laughs> quite how much I try to control things. Um, you know, and we, you know, in applying magic and applying alchemy, 
uh, you know, if you've done any sort of spiritual work before, you know, you're familiar with this idea of surrendering, not needing to control, not needing to know the how is what people usually put it as, not needing to know the how. And I mean, that's, you know, it's just way easier said than done, as you would know. Um, but I, but I really saw this, uh, on another level and actually it started, you know, I had that big breakthrough around my existential fear of the future and my security in the future and, um, and the not good enough judgment and how that was like a compensating behavior or mechanism to try to, you know, protect me and make sure I stay focused on the threats that could happen in the future. Um, you know, and so in breaking through that, well, and I, so I guess the control strategy was helping keeping all that stuff in place of like this preoccupation, you know, our, our ego has preoccupations and that was been one of my big preoccupations. Um, and so with, uh, so with the, um, my course that I was about to run at the time, I just stopped trying to control anything. I just let go of controlling anything. And, you know, it was sort of like a a natural process that came about through that and, you know, through everything that had been landing with me from Safari. Um, And things were just turning out (laughs) just, you know, excellently. And it's so funny. It's so funny when I look back on how, right before that I was having this whole like thing about not enough and when I just let that go just the epicness that sprung forth of the thing that I was judging as not enough (laughs) it's like laughable I'm honestly I'm I'm gonna do an I'm gonna do an episode on it um uh probably in a, a month or two um but uh, so yeah, this control thing. So I was really getting this like, okay, like don't control, don't try to control anything. And this was actually coming, yeah, as well from these other um, class that I'd done with my mentor of like just being with things and not needing to like control. And so I'm, you know, I'm familiar with that that uh, concept, but I, I'm just starting to get it in a bigger way. Uh, than I had before and so my story to illustrate this playing out and really serve you with this lesson um, is my coming back to Bali story Um, so I was in Australia I hadn't locked in when I was coming back to Bali but I thought around end of September start of October and when I'd finished my two unlocking delivering my two unlocking gold courses that's when I was going to come back and I looked at my calendar and was like oh, I don't really want to rush back so maybe I'll come back in that first week of October and then it just became very obvious to me like you know Friday I think it was Friday the 5th or something um that's that seems like a good time and I'm going to come back then and Accommodation, okay, I'm going to spare you the long story, but I was maybe going to stay with a friend when I got here because she's got a big house with lots of extra rooms. And so then I would, you know, I would, I, I could stay there and I wouldn't have to rush like finding something, but then like that wasn't going to work out, but then I could do something else um, because they were going away and then blah, blah, blah. I had this other um, option come up where another friend of mine lives and it was to have like, you know, like essentially like a studio room, like a really big studio room, beautiful, modern, 
huge bathroom with a bath and a walk-in robe and like just all these things, you know, that I was like, that's what I really want. And I wouldn't have the pressure of having to go anywhere. And I was really happy with the price and, um, you know, and I also would be around other people. I'd have my own space, but around other people, which was something that was just lending me for the first time ever that I wanted. Um, so it was like the perfect option and the location is like two minutes, literally two minutes from my pole studio. Like it's out of the busyness of Chengu. And I was like, great, that's perfect. And there was a room available. I was like, great, that's perfect. Great. And, um, and so then I chatted with the guy and then I messaged him and I was like, great, I'll take it. Um, and then he messaged me, he's like, oh, someone else, like, someone else has taken it. And I was like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what? Um, and I was like, okay. So he'd just given it away to someone else. Also, I wouldn't have been coming for another, like, I think three weeks, let's say. Uh, so it would have been empty for all that time. Anyways, so he'd given it to these other people that obviously moved in within that week or something. But then there was another room available downstairs, but it was a bit smaller and it didn't have a bath. And I was like, oh, like I I really wanted a bath Um, when I came back to Bali. Like that was meant to be a non-negotiable, but this is not like my permanent place. So it doesn't matter maybe that much. So I was like, okay, yeah, all right, I'll take that. And then, um, and then I was like, do you want me to pay a deposit? And he's like, yeah, okay. And then I was just, waiting for my visa to come through okay so I must have already engaged the whole visa thing and um no 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 I was not waiting for my visa that's right I was waiting to check I'd actually be able to come back into the country that's right (laughs) that's what I was checking so I was waiting for this visa person to get back to me and um then I was like okay great yep I'll pay the deposit and he's like oh that's no longer available. And I was like, what? Like I was just paying the deposit. And I was like, oh, the owner's given it away to someone else already. Sorry. Like it wasn't me. And I was like, what the fuck, man? And so then there was like, this place only has four of these like studio rooms. Um, and so there was nothing here. There wasn't going to be anything available. There's like, you know, major scarcity in places to live around here. And also like prices are just kind of crazy. Like you can pay so much um, for short-term places. And I did not want to arrive and have to go straight into looking for a place and have all that pressure that I needed to like look, find something, move out and like move there. Anyways, there was all these things like my ego was low key freaking out about also how much it could cost and all this stuff. And then I just really got with, you know, and I was like, okay, maybe I'll just wait. You know, I won't book my flight. I'll wait until I figure something out. And I was like, like, hang on, what, what are you doing? Like you, you're being a victim. <laughs> like you're being literally a victim. <laughs> You know, and it just seems really acceptable to you around like anyone you would talk to about this to be like, oh, this fell through. So I'm not sure. And I was like, hang on a sec. What the fuck, Alex? Um, you know, and I was like, is it true? Do I want to go on that date? And I was like, yes, I do. That feels very true for me to go. And then I just got clear on like my fear of what could happen. I was like, actually, that's not bad. That bad. That's going to be fine. And, you know, I took a few actions to kind of just have an idea of other options. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be a creator. I'm going to go for it. I booked my flight, 
to, for that Friday anyway. And, and I let go and I put some things out there and I let go. And when I was talking to my mom about it, I was like, I'm just secretly hoping like the one I really want's going to come through, but whatever, like I'll get something. And, you know, and then I just, I just was in that. And it, then it was coming a bit closer. And my friend was like, Hey, where are you going to stay? And I was like, Oh, guess, I guess if I look at this logically, the rooms have been taken. And so I do just need to book something like that's, that's sort of where I'm at. So I guess that's what I need to do. Um, I've just been in a bit of denial. And so I was like, okay, that's, I need to do it in the next couple of days. Uh, and then the next day, the guy messaged me and was like, are you still looking for a place? The, the room upstairs, which is the one I wanted is available. And I was like, amazing. That's exactly what I wanted. And you know what? I stopped myself from doing, I don't know if I explained this very clearly in this uh, example, is like I, I stopped myself from going into stress mode of like trying to work it out, spending hours. I mean, I did spend probably one hour like stressedly researching things, but then I just let it go. I was like, okay, I know something's going to work out. I'm just letting it go. And so had I stayed in my control self, controlling strategy of like, okay, I got to control, I got to make sure this comes together, I got to make sure this happens, like that kind of like stress of like, got to make make this happen, make sure things happen. I would have spent hours, I would have been really stressed, I probably would have told everyone about how this was really stressful, and I would have booked a place actually that I didn't want and would have cost me way more as well if I had resolved that tension by going into my controller mode and I just didn't. Um, and so I had also, when I booked my flight, I also paid for my people to get the visa for me that I wanted. And, um, and then a couple of days before I was due to leave, I thought, Ooh, I haven't got my visa yet. I better check that out. So it was maybe literally, I think two or three days before I was due to leave. And I messaged my visa agent and she said she'd checked for me and she said, it's not through yet. And when I looked at the thing, I just booked the normal, you know, pay for your visa, but you could have bought an express and it told you like how many days each would take, how many business days. And, um, I was, I, I, I hadn't realized, but the one I paid for wasn't actually guaranteed to come through in time for when I was leaving. And I was like, shit, I can't, ooh, that was a bit of an oversight. But I just didn't go, I was like, I'm just not going to stress about it. I'm just going to hold my end result, message the woman. She's like, it's not here yet. And I was like, okay, well, worst case scenario, like, you know, I, I get a different visa when I arrive. Um, but, you know, really intending for that visa to come through. The next day, the visa came through. So I just refused to go into that stress control mode and I just held my end result. Um, and then I got to Bali and the next day um, my friend was taking me to breakfast. I needed to go over and get my bike um, that I was picking up. I told the guy 11.30 I needed phone credit to be able to get there because um, it's sort of like 20 minutes away in this busy area. So I needed to, I needed a way to get to a phone shop to get phone credit. And uh, so my friend was taking me for breakfast and like a normal control version of me would have like tried to control it, been like, okay, can we do this, 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 like, can we go and get the phone credit? And I was like, I'm just not going to try to control anything. Like it's all going to work out. I, like, I'll, you know, it'll, it'll, it's just going to come together. And as we were leaving, she told me that she had a haircut. Um, 
later and I was like okay what time is your haircut and she said it was at 12 12 or 12 30 and and then I asked her where it was and it's over where my bike was like right next to it and she's like oh I'll take you to your bike and it was all the right timing based on what I told when I told the guy I was going to come and I was like great okay so now I don't need phone credit to get there but once I get there I'll I'll know my way back or I'll, I'll just ask them where a phone shop is and you know it'll just be fine um and then we were leaving breakfast to go and she actually wasn't sure if the haircut was happening and she was checking her message we'd left the wi-fi area and she realized that her phone sim had ended and she needed to go to a phone shop to get a new phone sim and I was like oh well I need to go to a phone shop too because I need to get my things sorted and I and it looked like, you know, it also might be complicated, which is why I hadn't asked her before. And, um, but she also needed this thing that was going to take more time. And so then we went to the phone shop and got my, got phone credit. And then, um, she took me to then, you know, her haircut was back on again. So she took me to the, to the bike place. And then there was been this whole thing with some packages that I've got sent here, which I'm not going to go into because I feel like it's gone on for long enough, but it just was this experiment for me in not trying to control anything, holding my end result, being in it, but not going into my usual control mode. And everything came together like better than it would have come together if I'd been in my control mode, in my controlling mode. And, you know, no doubt in my controlling mode, I would have actually sabotaged some things, but everything came together without me having to make it come together. And that was a huge lesson for me in creating of really what it means to not control, not go into thinking, I need to make this thing come together. Yes, you're responsible and you need to take action, but you don't need to make it come together and then you don't need to hold or for me I don't need to hold the anxiety and stress of like making things come together and controlling and like okay well I've got to secure all this stuff so I'm going to go like secure it and I I just got that feeling now of what that control mode is and what um what not controlling is and you know I just I just see it in a way I never quite had seen it before Uh, And I could really go on about that, but I think I'm going to wrap that up there. Um, There was a collection of some things I was going to share of just, you know, personal realizations I had through the safari, just kind of like little ones. Um, But I've actually got a call with someone in six minutes. So (laughs) I think that I think that we've got a good juicy episode here. And I really hope that through me sharing all of this, it it just sparks insights and realizations for you. And it just shows you really the normal process of your ego getting triggered, stuff coming up for you, working through it. And, you know, new level, new devil. It's actually not a new devil. It's the same devil dressed up a bit differently. Um, and you just got to keep facing it, keep facing it. So something that was so obvious to me, and actually I was just thinking this the other day as well, is if I like, you know, it's so amazing on the outside, like, yes, I did this awesome trip. I was away for four months, just traveling and working with my business. And it brought up a lot of stuff for me. 
and that's really normal. There's a lot of magic that happened, which I haven't actually gone into in this episode, Um, but it brought up a lot of stuff for me. And if I didn't have the tools and the support to go through that stuff and get through it in the way that I've described that I did, then I wouldn't have gotten through it. And I would be coming out of this contracted actually. And, um, and I wouldn't be then, you know, like being on the, the leading edge of my creating. So, you know, we, we create amazing creations. And when we create these amazing creations that are like our next thing beyond what, you know, we believed was possible, our next expansion beyond our current circumstances, it's going to bring up your stuff. It's, it's will bring up your stuff and you've got to have the tools to deal with that. And, you know, the support even to deal with that and move through that so that you come out expanded um, as would be your intention of, of going into an expansion, like, you know, my, my trip, so that you come out expanded rather than, you know, contracted back into your old way of being and living. Um, it's, yeah, I just, you know, that's, that's just a big thing that I, I realized is like, wow, I really could have come out of this, um, kind of, I don't know, like worse off in a sense or, or, you know, things falling apart if I didn't have the tools and the the support that I have to actually have it, you know, be the expansive experience that I wanted it to be. And the only way for it to be the expansive experience that I wanted it to be is to face my fears and to face my shit that comes up in the face of being in that expansion and being in my greatness and being in my power. So that's what I want to share with you in this episode. And I really pray that it served you. Um, If you are listening to this episode uh, right around the time that I've released it, I am just about to start my next business mastermind. And this is going to be next level just with everything that I've got Uh, gotten from the past four months you know even more than that but just the the big shifts and the big realizations and the deepening into magic and my magic practice um, is going to be coming through in that container so if you have got a business vision you'd love to bring to life or a business you're working on that you want to create geniusly and at the level of your potential then I invite you to reach out to me and ask about the Business Magic Mastermind because it's going to be starting in a couple of weeks and it's going to be incredibly potent and it's your opportunity to be trained and then and coached and supported by me over six months in applying this work to your life and also specifically to your business. So if that's something that speaks to you, reach out to me and otherwise I'm sending you lots of love and I will see you in the next episode.